Every time I sing that song, by the way, that's one of my favorite songs. Uh, I can just see those kids saying this, no turning back, no turning back. I want to do that so bad. I'd hope maybe Brother George may bring us back to our childhood and say, hey, we're going to do that, no turning back, no turning back. I, I like that. It, it kind of, that song really just, uh, it, it kind of explains my my mind and my heart towards the Lord. And I would pray that I would be um, exactly what that song has said to be. If you have your Bibles here tonight, uh, turn to Revelation chapter 6, and we'll begin there in verse 9, and uh, we'll read through the end of the chapter. And so we began this morning uh, in Revelation chapter 3, and we preached on the journey to the tribulation, and we'll go back just a moment to recap then move forward as we stand tonight to our feet in honor of God's word we'll begin reading in verse 9 and uh, continue or finish the message we began this morning on the journey to the tribulation and when he had opened the fifth seal I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held and they cried with a loud voice saying how long O Lord holy and true Dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell upon the earth even as a fig tree causeth her untimely figs when she is shaken by a mighty wind and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their places and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich man and the chief captains and the mighty man and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the, ro- or said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of, of his wrath is come. Who shall be able to stand? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus here this morning or this evening. And Lord, we're grateful tonight, Lord, that you give us another time to come and God, to sing these songs and to hear the reading of God's word. And, Father, to pray and, and be in fellowship of your people. And, Lord, to be obedient, God, to you tonight. I pray that our hearts is submissive. And, God, that we may yield to every command that you may give. Every word that we may hear tonight, Lord, may be receptive. And, God, every choice and every decision may be tonight that may be made, God will show favor towards God. And, Lord, we're needing the help of the Lord to understand clearly the Scripture. God, give us your mind tonight. God, give us your help. And, Lord, I pray you'll lead us tonight as we study the God's Word in depth. And, Father, that we may know exactly on the days ahead what may happen. And, God, that we might be able to tell our loved ones and tell our friends and tell even the neighbors, oh, God, and even those that may be strangers, God, the days that's coming. And we pray tonight, God, that you give us boldness and courage to do so. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
And so this morning we began in Revelation chapter 3, there in verse 20. It's the last age, the last church of the last time. And it would be in the church by and large the day in which we live in 2022. There was a message that Jesus gave. I called it the message of Christ. He said three things in verse 20 of chapter 3 of Revelation uh, in the message of Christ. He said in the first part, he said, Behold, I knock at the door and knock. What Jesus is saying is I actively seeking my church. It was Jesus on the outside knocking actively and knocking to come in. The second point I made was he was affectionately speaking for his church. He said, if any man hear my voice and open the door. We found thirdly, he said, I am aggressively supplying in my church. And he said, I will come in to him. He wants to supply his church with his presence. He wants to supply his church with his pleasure. For he said uh, there in verse 20, and will sup with him and he with me. The church today, by at large, I didn't say uh, the church as a building, but I'm talking about the people that's the church inside the church, where Jesus is on the outside and not on the inside. In the days in which we live, we find that he wants to be on the inside. He wants to show forth his presence, because where his presence is, there will be his power. And where his power is, friend, you'll find a pleasure there, a pleasure of him. And I'm not so sure today that God is pleased with the church of the Laodiceans tonight. We preached secondly, not only the message of Christ, but we went forth and preached about the meeting with Christ. We find that after the church age, the age of grace, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, we find that there's a meeting going to be taking place. There he says, uh, there in that verse 1, uh, he says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened uh, in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. We went to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and verses 13 through verse 17, and we found a celebration for the dead in Christ. We found that Jesus will, will come forth. He'll come with a shout, a shouting Savior. We found that that voice will be of a voice of an archangel. We found that the trump of God, and it will be loud, and it will be sounding, and it will be celebrating, and it will be a time whenever the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we shall meet the Lord in the air. Amen? And then we talked about a collection of those that are alive in Christ. He said, those which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Who are them? Those that have died in Christ. With them. And we shall be in the clouds. We shall be in the air. And we shall meet with the Lord. And ever so ever shall we be with Him for all of eternity. Amen. Don't miss the meeting. And so we preached on the meeting with Jesus. And then we preached here thirdly this morning uh, concerning these thoughts, the might in Jesus. We found in chapter 6 in Revelation, after chapter 4, where Jesus is sitting as a Lord on the throne. We see that there in that chapter 4 in verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit. Behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Well, who was that that sat on the throne? Well, it says that in verse 8. And the four beasts, and each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 
holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, which is, which was, which is to come. Who is that? Well, we find who that is in chapter 1 of Revelation. And uh, he says in chapter 1, verse 8, I am an Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So we see very clearly and very plainly that Jesus Christ, the Lord, is sitting on the throne. Amen? There's only one, it says, and he's that one. And then secondly, we notice in chapter 5, that not the Lord is sitting on the throne, but the Lamb is standing on the throne. We find in chapter 5 of Revelation, and you might read that in there in verse 6, Behold, or beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it has been slain, being, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto the earth. And so we find as this one, the lion, I mean the lamb of God, standing on the throne. He was the only one that could take the book, that could take the very, uh, what we would call the time of the tribulation and what was written in that book and tell and write and give and begin. He was the authority of the book. And now no one in all the world, no one in all of hell and all of heaven was worthy as this lamb was worthy who was Jesus to take the book. And now we find Jesus with the book in chapter 6 and verse 1, the might of Jesus. What might did he show? Well, we found that in chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, he sends the white horse. And as he sends the white horse, he gives that one that's on the white horse a bow. And then he gives him a crown. And then he gives them him to conquer. Jesus is in charge, and he's given it to them to do that. We find he sends the red horse in chapter 6 in verse 4 and 5. He gives Power to him that rides on the horse to take peace. He gives them power to kill. He gives them, uh, in the verses 5 and 6, we find that he sends the black horse. And in sending the black horse, he gives the one who's riding the black horse control over the food. And he also gives them the control over the inflation. And so we find that Jesus has given these riders of these horses, uh, these authorities, and given them these, uh, these, these power and controls. And we find, fourthly, he sends the pale horse. In verses chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. And in that pale horse we find death. And then hell follows, him follows death. We find that a quarter of the population has now been killed. It is him, Jesus, who has allowed the sword to kill. Jesus has allowed uh, famine to kill or hunger to kill. He's allowed death. He's allowed uh, the beast to kill. We find at this point, if, we, if the rapture would happen today, the tribulation would begin, about 2.1 million billion people would enter into hell. Because these people who died in this death, the Bible says hell followed, and they would go right to hell. None of the 2.1 billion people would go to heaven. Every single one of those would go to hell. And tonight we find in that tribulation period an awful time of this. We saw also uh, in that, that in chapter, uh, chapter 6 and verse 9, as we begin tonight, I want to preach on the martyrs for Jesus. The martyrs for Jesus, not only the might in Jesus, 
not only the meeting with Jesus and not the message of Jesus, but the martyrs, the martyrs for Jesus. Now, during this period of the tribulation period, uh, uh, there are going to be those that will die, but not die, uh, as you might think tonight, but they will die uh, for the reason tonight of the Word of God and the testimony in which they held. Now these tonight uh, will not follow hell, will not follow death into hell, but these have been found at the altar. And so we're going to look at that tonight to know that during the tribulation period uh, uh, that you'll find tonight uh, there will be those that will be who have died, but they will die for the word of God and for the testimony in which they held. A little different the way they die and then the, weather, the way the others have died. I want you to notice, number one, the tribulational subjects. The tribulational subjects. These that are in this verse 9 are those that came out of the age of grace. They came out of the church age. They came out of the time that Jesus gave uh, the age that we would call the church age. These people who got saved in this tribulation period came out of that age. Amen. I mean, if the rapture happens and you didn't make the rapture, you're left behind. Then the tribulation begins. It only stands for reason that those people will be the ones that would have gotten saved here, right? And so we find tonight these tribu uh, this tribulational subjects, or they came out of the age of grace. Number two, uh, these tribulational subjects, they continue not in the church of the living God. For if they have been saved, if they would have been born again, they would have continued. They would have remained. They would have stayed. Amen. And they would have been one who has been raptured. But because they are not raptured, they are of the subjects that did not continue in the church of the living God. Number three. We find that these subjects, they were not caught up together in the air in the meeting. For if they'd been caught up in the air in the meeting, they wouldn't be here. So we find tonight that these individuals did not and was not raptured. They were not caught up. They were not snatched and seized. They were left behind. So are you saying, Brother Larry, that during the, when the rapture happens, will there be some that are left behind? Absolutely. Absolutely. A quarter of them have died already. And these here, these, these subjects here, we find uh, they were contrary uh, to the Word of God. Amen. So there are the tribulational subjects that were contrary to the Word of God. Now these here tonight uh, are described out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So turn there with me because I want to uh, speak to you for just a moment concerning these subjects. The subjects that are in the tribulation period. Not saved, and we're talking of as, as of now, and those who are not born again, uh, they are tonight of the ones who've died of the 2.1 billion people, that's who we're talking about tonight, the tribulational subjects. They came, not, they came out of the age of grace. They continued not in the church of the living God. They were not caught up together in the air. And they were contrary to the word of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And look there in verse 10. In verse 10. As we look at the scripture here tonight. The Bible says. 
and with all deceitfulness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So what was the beef for those who are in the tribulation period? What was their beef? The Word of God. Because they had not the love, according to Scripture, the love of the truth. The truth is the Word of God. And the truth of the Word of God tonight, they had a problem with. They were contrary, for if they loved the truth, they would have been raptured. But because they loved not the truth, because they loved not the Word of God, because they were not in a place of being obedient to God's Word, because they were not in a mindset of following God's Word, the Bible says that they are not saved. Is that what it says? And they're not saved because they did not have the love of the truth tonight. Now tonight you may know the truth. You may have knowledge of the truth. You may have been told the truth. Uh, you may have a lot of respect for the truth. And you might have uh, all kinds of memorization of the truth. But if you don't have the love of the truth tonight, you don't have anything. These people... And the tribulational period, the subjects of that tribulation period are those who are contrary to the Word of God. They're not contrary to the church. They're not contrary uh, to the preacher. not contrary uh, to any religious organization. not contrary uh, tonight to anything and everything that it might be. But, friend, they're contrary to the truth. The truth tonight. Anything else tonight they probably agreed with. They probably were part of. They probably were engaged with. They probably would have an agreement with. They probably would have maybe compromised with. They might probably have been complacent with. But when it came to the truth, to the Word of God, they loved not the truth. And because of that, they landed in the tribulational period. But tonight, if you've got a problem with the Word of God, tonight you'll be in the tribulation period. Tonight, if the Word of God, tonight is not something that you would say that I just love the truth. And the truth tonight is what I am. I'm a child of the truth. Jesus is the truth tonight. God is the truth tonight. The Spirit of truth dwells in me. And my life is about truth tonight. Friend, if that's not you tonight, you're a subject of the tribulation period. I'm just saying. I don't want you to be there. I hope tonight that you come to the understanding and you come to the conviction and the persuasion that I will listen, I'll receive, I'll allow the truth to transform and conform my, and conform my life in conversion unto Christ, the truth. What will the Bible say that will make you free? The truth. The truth. Tonight we find in the tribulational subjects who are those in the tribulation period? Who are those we just talked about that died? And that died by the sword and by the beast and by death and by hunger tonight? These are them. These are them. Number five. Not only that, but they, are, they were confused to believe a lie. Look at verse 11. And for this cause, because they did not love the truth, for this cause... God shall send them a strong delusion that they might that they should believe a lie. Now, can I say this to you? And this is the most heartbreaking, and this is the most uh, uh, 
that breaks the heart of every man who's ever taught their children every mother who's ever brought their children up in the Lord uh, every preacher that's ever preached the word of God and anyone and everyone you ever told and gave the gospel friend this is what the Bible's teaching tonight uh, that when you had the opportunity and the, and the very privilege tonight to hear the gospel to hear the truth and you had the, the responsibility and the accountability and the knowledge and the understanding of that Jesus Christ died. He was buried and he resurrected. And for you to be born again, uh, you must be born of the Spirit and you must be born of the water. And you must come to the place where you become spiritually born again. And in doing that tonight, that you can be saved. And friend, you said no. Uh, you said, I don't want to be. You said, I reject that. You said, I don't want to be born again. I tell you, friend, if the rapture happens tonight and you heard the gospel and you said no to God and you said no to the truth tonight and you said, I don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ. I have nothing to do with the word of God tonight. I want to flee. I want to go. I want to get rid of it. The rapture happens tonight in the tribulational period. God will send you a strong delusion and you will bring the lie rather than the truth. You can't get saved. You're done for all of eternity. And everybody in this church tonight, if you die tonight before, uh, tonight before uh, you get saved, uh, friend, you'll die and go to hell. But at the same time, if you're not saved and the rapture happens tonight, every one of you, every one of us, anyone who's ever been part of this tonight will die. And if they die tonight, they'll go to hell. But if they make it, they live, they go in the tribulation period. You'll have a strong delusion and you'll believe a lie rather than the truth because you love not the truth because you've been told the gospel. Every single one of us tonight have. There's not anybody in this room tonight that the rapture happens and the tribulation begins that you can be saved. Ain't that something? You're talking about heartbreaking. That's the tribulational, saint, tribulational subjects tonight. Let me read them again. They came out of the age of grace. They continue not in the church of the living God. They were not caught up together in the air. They were contrary to the word of God. They were confused to believe a lie. And then sixthly tonight, they were condemned by not believing the truth. The Bible says in verse 12, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And tonight, this is a hard, hard truth. That tonight the word of God is what they believe not in. And the Bible says they're damned. I'm telling you tonight. If you have said no to Christ. If you have said I'll be saved later. If you say that I get saved in an older date. If you say I'm just not ready tonight. I still love my sin. I still have pleasure in unrighteousness. I, I, I'm just not ready to get my heart to God. I understand that. And I understand tonight that you can't come unto the Lord unless you're drawn. And when the Father draws you, then can you come unto the Son? And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men unto myself. And tonight we were trying to lift up Jesus so he'd draw men into himself. Oh, but tonight if you just refuse the gospel, you're damned for all eternity in the tribulation period. So don't think. That if I get left behind, 
I get another chance. Don't think tonight to say, well, listen, I don't have to really get all involved with that. I, I think I can go through this tribulation period and as soon as it happens I'll recognize I remember what brother Larry said I remember what mom and daddy said I remember all that's going on as soon as that antichrist comes on that white horse and as soon as, as soon as all that happens I'm going to say I know exactly what's going on I want to come to Jesus it won't work that way it won't work God said I'll send a strong delusion that you believe a lie read the truth and that you'll be damned amen because you not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. See, tonight your sin and your selfishness is what's before you, not the Savior. Well, I beg you tonight, I beg you tonight to get saved before it's too late. The tribulational subjects tonight that are here in that Revelation chapter 6. And then we talk about the tribulational saints tonight. The tribulational saints in verse 9 of chapter 6. I want you to know, number one, that the tribulational saints tonight, uh, they are ones tonight that we can look to and we could say this. We could say they were martyred in the tribulation. They were martyred in the tribulation. The Bible says uh, in this wording, it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. Now, that word slain there, it means the butcher. It means the slaughter. It means the kill tonight. And we're not talking about just dying with a, maybe with a smooth process. We're not talking about sitting in a, a chair and being electrocuted. We're not talking about sitting in a chair and, and they injecting you and you slowly die. They call it... Uh, humanly uh, that that's very calm and you just go and pass off in the scene uh, we're talking about slain none of those are slain none of those ways of dying none of those ways of of, of the ways that they want to euthanize today uh, we're not talking about it we're talking about slain butchered slaughtered killed gross well, you know, uh, the privilege of that will be for the tribulational saints is because that's exactly how Jesus died. Look at verse 6 of chapter 5. And behold, I lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. The same words. It will be an honor in that day of the tribulation period that these tribulational saints would die in the farm and in the way that the Lamb of God did. It will be an honor and a privilege in that day of the tribulational period that I die just like my Savior did. Butcher me. Slay me. Slaughter me. For that's what the Lamb happened to him. We find in the tribulational period now, as we look and we see the cause of it. Why in the world would these ones tonight in the tribulational saints, why would they be slain? I mean, why don't they just love them? Why don't they just, like, endure them? You know, like today, they endure us. 
Like today, they, they don't like us much, you know. Uh, they, they say bad things about our book. They say bad things about our God. They say bad things about our way of life. And, and if they could, they probably could wipe us off if they wanted to. Or if they could, if they had the privilege or power to do so tonight. Uh, you know, we're not the friends of a lot of people tonight who believe in Jesus. Uh, but the fact of the matter is tonight, uh, these people here were slain in a horrible, most horrible way during the tribulation period. And I'm going to tell you tonight, every one of them that puts their trust in Jesus and the tribulation will die this away. Every single one of them. There'll be none tonight that will escape and move around and say, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. They all come to this place slain. Now why? What's the cause tonight of that? Well, the cause is, and that's why they're slain, is because of the cause. Number one, uh, it's because of the Word of God. <laughs> For the Word of God. That's the very reason why they're slain. It isn't because of their personality. It isn't because they're bad people. It isn't because they're lawbreakers. It's not because they are immoral. It's not because they're unethical. It's not because they are ones tonight that is troublesome, uh, creating problems, creating stirs, trying to overcome the government, trying to take on the Antichrist, uh, trying to cause gangs and troubles and have their machine guns and, and out there doing all of these things. The one reason tonight for them to be slain, and that is for the Word of God. Now, ain't that amazing tonight? The Word of God's preached here, and you don't want to receive it. You don't want to love it. But listen, friend, uh, uh, when you get to the tribulational period, you can't even be saved over it. But those who can be saved tonight will get saved only because of the Word of God. And that will be the reason why they're slain. Now, what are they doing with the Word of God? Well, with the Word of God tonight, uh, they're not just saying, I believe it. They're not saying that I can quote it. They're not saying about the Word of God that they, that they uh, you know, believe the stories of it. You know what they're doing in the tribulation period with the Word of God? They're defending it. They're defending it. It's not up here. It's not something tonight that, that is just a, oh, I believe in the Word of God. I, I, I believe it's true. I believe, I believe that everything in it and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, no, no. Not the day in tribulation period, friend. You're going to be faced with defending the Word of God. And you're going to lose your life over it. You'll be slain for it. Defending it. Isn't it weird or isn't it strange tonight during this tribulational period for these people tonight who uh, are defending it? But then are they defending it? They're getting slain because they're obeying it. It's not that they know it. It's not that they are ones who have knowledge of it. They're obeying it. They're doing what the Word of God says. And friend, they're going to do it for the death of their life. They're going to be slain because they're doing the Word of God. They're obeying the Word of God. Uh, they're defending the Word of God. Uh, they are ones tonight that are out there in the world. You see, the world has always hated the Word of God always hated the Word of God. There's never a time in history when the world loved the Word of God. Never a time in America tonight when everybody loved the Word of God. 
Nobody tonight can remember when everybody loved, but all of us can know that the Word of God is hated from the beginning in Genesis. The very first deed the devil done was to take the Word of God, what God said, and distort it. And that hasn't changed out of Genesis. The Word of God tonight that has been hated, and it's the Word of God that will put the tribulational saints to death. In a slain way. We find here secondly tonight. Not for the word of God. But they will be slain for the testimony. In which they held. The word of Jesus. You see the testimony they're, held, they're holding there. Is not their testimony. The, the testimony they're holding tonight. Is the testimony of Jesus. That's the testimony that they're holding. Hey turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 1. And verse 9. John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle of, that was called Patmos. Why was he there? On visitation? On vacation? Was he just kind of traveling that day? Was he just kind of moving that way? No, that's where he was boiled in oil. That's where he found persecution and suffering. That's where he found, friend, the hatred of the world. And why was it? And why was he there? Look what it says. For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's why John was facing death. That's why John was facing trouble. It wasn't, friend, of any other reason but the word of God and the word of Jesus. We find here, if you turn your Bibles to to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. And they overcame him. Talking about who's him tonight. Talking about the Antichrist. The accuser of the brethren. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Same thing. Whether it was John in the Isle of Patmos. Whether it was those friends overcoming uh, the accuser of the brethren. It's the testimony. Testimony, testimony. Look at chapter 12, verse 17. The Bible says, And the dragon which was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have kept the testimony of Jesus Christ. You find already tonight through the scripture of the revelation that the very ones who keep the word of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus tonight, will be found suffering. Look at chapter 19, verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See that thou do it not. I am the fellow servant of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is of the spirit of prophecy. And that's what makes it heaven. The testimony of Jesus. We find in chapter 20 in verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. That word witness is the same word as testimony. For the testimony, for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God. Do you not see a pattern here in this tribulational period? You better not miss the rapture. You better make sure tonight that you... Or not in the tribulational period. Or if you are. Tonight. You may be just. 
as God has said there in his scripture, string to bring a, or send a strong delusion that you believe a lie rather than the truth, and that you shall be damned for not believing the truth tonight, but having pleasure with unrighteousness. And yet tonight, others who have not done that, and they receive Christ as their Savior, they're going to be slain for the Word of God and for the Word of the testimony of Jesus Christ. That word held there tonight means to be possessed. And Fred, during this tribulational period, if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to be slain, be martyred, amen, for the word of God and for the word of Jesus, the testimony of Christ. And you're going to have to hold it. That means you're going to have to possess it. But then I possess it tonight, you're going to have to protect it. But are you protected tonight? You're going to have to come to the place where you will be the one that will just hold. You don't give out. You don't give up. You don't cut deals. You don't say, listen, man, if you just let me go, man, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. None of that kind of nonsense going on. You're going to make a stand. You're going to stand up and say, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And they're going to say to you, listen, behead him. Slain him. And you're going to say, they're going to say, hey, will you recant? You'll say, I don't recant of the word of God. They say, I'll give you one more chance. Do you recant? They say, I believe in the testimony of Jesus. All that Jesus said that he was. That's what he is tonight. Kill him. And he's dead. That's the children of tribulational period. Now tonight we find... In the passage, we find the cause. But can I say tonight, there's the comfort. The Bible says in verse 9 of Revelation chapter 6, He says, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. That's comfort. That's comfort there. Because the souls have arrived. <laughs> They arrived. The souls of the tribulational saints who have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus, they've arrived. They're at the altar. At the bottom of the altar, there's the souls. They've arrived. They're there. Now you who believe tonight that all you do is when you die, you just have soul sleep. This messes up your theology tonight. See, their bodies are still lying somewhere out on the earth. Their bodies are somewhere put up, put in, put out. Whoever knows where they are. I doubt if they done buried them because they don't, they don't respect them that much. I'm sure their bodies is probably in a hole somewhere, dug somewhere. They like doing that. They dig, they dig big old trenches and big old valleys and they just throw in bodies. You know, all these Christian bodies, all these believers who believe in the Word of God and believe in the testimony of Jesus Christ, they just pile them up. We don't know tonight, but we do know this. We know their body is not at the altar. But we do know tonight that their souls are. It's telling us in the way of comfort that when they died, their body died, but their souls went to heaven. That's comfort tonight. That's comfort tonight. The souls are in heaven. The souls, the Bible says, are under the altar. 
at God's altar. Now I know tonight that, that the churches tonight have a little problem with this altar. Preachers tonight will preach sermons and not give an altar call. What's wrong with them? They don't give an invitation. And I know what you probably will say. You'll say, Brother Larry, I've searched the Old Testament and I found nothing in the Old Testament that would require uh, that we have an altar, uh, that I would come to the altar, uh, that I would do any business at the altar. Uh, that the altar would be part of a worship service, that the altar would have any kind of a reason and purpose tonight to come to the altar. And some of you tonight has not been at the altar for some time, if not ever. Because the altar tonight in your life is this. I can do what I can do in my seat. I can do what I can do standing. I can do what I do by sitting down in my chair, in my pew. Uh, I don't need to come to the altar. I don't need to do business at the altar. The altar is something of the Old Testament. Uh, nowhere in the Scripture do we find the altar except there in Hebrews says we have an altar. And yet tonight we find at the end of the lives, at the end of these souls that went to heaven, where are they at? They're at the altar of God. Don't tell me tonight that the altar has no place for you in today's society. Don't tell me tonight that on earth tonight that there's no need of an altar, no place you can go and to bow your knee and to humble yourself and look up to God with submission and yield unto Him and confess your sin and get right with God if not get saved tonight at the old altar. The fact of the matter is, you say you're doing business in your pew, that's not happening. You say, well, you know, I, I can get right with God on my pew. I can get right with God in my bed. I can get right with God driving down the road. I can get right with God at work. I can get right with God mopping the floor and folding the clothes. And tonight we find that the church is so far away from walking with God, living for God. We're cold and indifferent tonight. The power and the presence of God is not more in our churches any longer. Hey, friend, people are not getting saved and revived. It seems like tonight there is a hush, a holy hush upon us tonight. It seems like, friend, that we find that God has rolled Nicobar on our church. And, friend, we need an altar. And, friend, if the heavens tonight has the altar, then you ought to have an altar. You better find one at home. You better find one at the church. And you better get there. Because, friend, the tribulational saints, as soon as they died, boom, their bodies went whatever and whoever and who cares. But their souls was at the altar. Ain't that something? Under the altar. There was two altars tonight that Moses was told of. It was the brazen altar. Right? Which would be the cross tonight where Jesus went and has the Lamb of God uh, which taketh away the sin of the world right there at that altar. And then there was the altar of incense. That was a sacrificial altar. Tonight, either one of those tonight is where sacrifice takes place. And these people in tribulational period, tonight is proven that they were slain by the word, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Next thing, their, their souls is at the, under the altar, fitting, fitting that they would be a sacrifice. That in their mind and their heart, they're looking to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'll sacrifice my life for you. You see, now... He says, 
there in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2 that he don't ask you to die for them. He asks you to live for them. Be a living sacrifice. Oh, but during that tribulational period, it's going to be a dying sacrifice. Next thing you know, the comfort of their souls, they're in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah, the souls have arrived. This indicates that their souls were given sacrificially for the glory of God. Now, Paul mentioned this in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. I'll read it to you. He said, for I am ready to be offered. I'm ready to make that sacrificial. I'm ready to find my soul at the altar. I'm ready. And the time of my departure is at hand. That word offered there means one whose blood is poured out in a violent death for the cause of Christ. Let me read that again for you. One whose blood is poured out in a violent death for the cause of Christ. And Paul said, for I am ready to be offered for my time is a departure. Friend, tonight, are you ready to be offered? No other souls tonight arrive, but I notice the souls alive. <laughs> I know it's alive because they're proclaiming. Look what they're saying. The Bible says in verse 10, and they cried. If you're dead tonight, your soul's dead, you're not going to be crying. If your soul tonight has no, has no life in it tonight, there's no crying. But they said they cried aloud. They cried with a loud voice saying, how long? I notice they're proclaiming. They're crying out with a loud voice saying, how long? How long? How long? How long? How long? Tonight, can I say, friend, if you die today, you're going somewhere. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, to be absent from the bodies present with the Lord, if tonight you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you open your eyes in hell. Tonight, the souls not only arrived, but the souls were alive. They were crying out, proclaiming, how long? How long? Well, not only were they proclaiming tonight, but they were professing. The Bible says in that verse, that verse 10, they said, uh, O Lord, holy and true. They're confessing tonight. They're professing that the Lord is here. The Lord is where I'm at. The Lord is at the altar where my soul is at. And I, I'm there and I'm now having conversation with the Lord. And I'm telling you tonight, He's true. I'm here. He's here. We're in heaven. We're at the altar of God. And here stands the Lord. He is true. He is holy. <laughs> I'm there. I'm alive. I'm talking. I'm proclaiming. I'm having conversation. I'm well alive. There ain't nothing dead about me. I am alive. And then they begin to plead. He says in verse 10, he says, Does thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Anyway, he's not saying not if. They're not saying, listen, we, are, we have vengeance in our heart and, and we want to retaliate against them that killed us and we want you to go, and as, the, uh, as Peter might have said, and call down fire from heaven and knock them out. They're not saying that. They're saying not if, but they're saying when. 
We know your judgment's coming upon them. We know that the justice will be done. But how much longer, Lord? How much longer are we tonight for that you will judge and you will have justice? So tonight, it's a living soul, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's conversation, there's proclaiming, professing, there's pleading. Uh, tonight, there's, uh, there's a soul that has departed from this body. And tonight, uh, we see this going on. And then I see the souls not only alive, but the souls approval. For, G, for he says, Jesus says in verse 11, he says, And white robes were given unto every one of them. Man, they're pure and white, and they're saved. And we find that all through the Bible, Revelation 7 and verse 9. Look there, that's pretty close. Revelation 7, 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. Friend, you know you're there when you get clothed. Chapter 7, verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall light, sunlight on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them under living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. Woo! Oh, tonight. The, the souls were approved. Put them on white. Array them with white. Arrange them with white. Adorn them with white. They're here. They're here to stay. Not only were the souls approved and the souls were alive and the souls were alive, but I know the souls were assured. Look there in verse 11. The Bible says, While the word was given every one to them, and it was said unto them that they should rest for a little season to their fellow servants also and their brethren, that they should be, as they should be killed as they were should be fulfilled jesus says unto them listen my brethren listen you wait just rest a little while it's just going to be a little season i've got some work to do i got a little bit of judgment to go i've got a little bit more uh sevens to hand out i got some trumpets vials that i'm going to distribute to dispense, to give out. Just wait a little season. He said, but now I do have this wait a little season. He said, just wait. But I want you to uh, watch. He says, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were. In other words, I want you to watch for your brethren because there's going to be a whole lot more going to die like you died. Your fellow servants tonight are going to come right where you are. You watch for them. They're going to be slain for the word of God and for the word of the testimony in which they hold. He said, I want you to wait and watch. He said, while you're waiting and watching, just I want you to know it shall and will be fulfilled. He said, we win. All that I sinned, 
and all that I speak will be fulfilled. You just hold up right there. You stay right there under the altar in your white robes. And you just wait. Can you just imagine tonight all the hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe multitudes, daily, if not hourly, during this tribulation period, that are slain. Slain. The blood of every believer. Slain. Can you just imagine as that altar of God and where the souls were under, it just gets larger and larger and larger. It's almost like Jesus, the rat, the, the lamb, the wrathful lamb, says to, to us in the way of the sick seal, he says, that makes me angry. I'm already wrathful. But you know what? The way they're treating those, the way that those who keep my word and those who hold my testimony, look what these are doing. And then we find tonight he begins to measure or the measuring of Jesus. And I close with this thought. The measuring of Jesus. He begins to measure men. And he begins to measure these men by his power. Look at verse 12. And I'll be. He had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell up unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when it is shaken of the, almighty, of the mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and every island were moved out of their places tonight. I want you to notice the measuring of Jesus as he measured man by power. His power. You see, as men of that day who were bringing a slaying of the believers, of the saints. Those that seem to have charge, seem to have power, uh, seem to find that they can just kill everybody who just has the word of God and who has the, the testimony of Jesus. And it seemed like during that time of the tribulation period that they were on top of the game, uh, that they were the ones in champion mode. Uh, they were the ones tonight who were laughing and playing games and saying, look at us, we done killed hundreds, thousands, ten thousands of these Idiots that would believe in the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Look how easy it is. Look how no problem. Do you want to believe that? Slain, butcher, slaughter. Get rid of that guy. Get rid of that guy. All of a sudden, Jesus opens the sixth seal. He, his power is revealed in a great earthquake. All of their feet now become unstable. All of everything around them is shaking around. They, 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 they're, they're in this shaking mode. And next thing they look up to the sun and the sun is darkened. It's darkened now. We can't see. They look over to the moon and the moon was like a sackcloth of blood. For it, it was become darkened as well. And now they've experienced something in their life they've never experienced before. It's a dark. Uh, it's, it's covered up. The moon's light, the sun's light, 
the great earthquake is shaking the world, shaking the whole earth tonight. And friend, when it says great earthquake, you can better believe it was great. And boy, as the shaking was going on, the man who were in charge, the man with evil heart, the man who hate God, and the man who didn't love Jesus, and the man who were against the word of God, and all those that were enemies and adversaries of the, of the Christian, amen, now they find themselves in a place where they can't change it. They can't change it. The earthquake, they can't stop. The sun, they can't remove. The moon, they can't take off. And they find themselves where we, we can't change it. But now can't they not change it, but they couldn't stop it. Because Jesus is measuring the man with his power. You think you got power? You think you have authority? Uh, you think you can do whatever you want to do? You think that you got it all together? Let me show you something, boys. And God, in the way of the seal six, it gets a shaking. It gets the dark. It gets to a place where they can't change it, they can't stop it, and they can't leave it. Where are they going to leave? The sun, the sun shines everywhere. The moon shines everywhere. The earthquakes everywhere. Hey, no matter where they go, it's there. They can't get away from it. Can you imagine tonight in the man's hearts, in women's hearts, and all that are there, what's going on? We've never experienced this before. Man, who in the world? I mean, who's doing this? Oh, it's atomic bomb. That's what's done it. You know, that's what the smoke is, and, and that's what it is. A meteorite coming. And attack the, the, attack the earth and, and now the smoke and, and all that. That's what they say in all these commentaries. Atomic bomb, uh, meteorite, invasion of aliens, all these things. It just couldn't be that Jesus is saying, I've got power. And we'll measure you up. And we're going to see just what you are. Do something with this. Earthquake, do something with that. Sun, do something with that. Moon. Oh, that's not all. That's not all tonight. The Bible says, as he's measuring these men up, and as we look at very close, we see in verse 13, the stars are falling. The stars of heaven fell under the earth. As the fig tree cast an untimely figs when it is shaken of a mighty wind. Oh, what in the world's going on? Well, it must be a mighty wind going on, I guess. There must be a, a wind from heaven that's blowing. I don't know, 9,000 miles an hour? Who knows? No. Hey, friend, this shaking. And, friend, these stars are falling down. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, you ever been uh, in Houston? You don't get to see stars. But you're going to have to go out of Houston somewhere and so you can see stars because of the pollution here in Houston. But you go out of Houston, maybe Alabama. You go out there and you look up and you can see billions and billions of stars. Can you imagine tonight, here you are in the tribulation period and you're real proud of yourself. You done killed a thousand Christians. You done got rid of these old people who believe in the Word of God and believe in Jesus. You're sick and tired of that junk. You know, you lived all of your life before the rapture and all that kind of stuff and now you're in the tribulation period. And next thing you know, here comes this earthquake and it's shaking so bad that even the stars are coming down. Now, where are you going to run tonight where a star ain't going to hit you or something? We're talking about billions and trillions and gazillions of, of, of stars, right? I mean, they're just falling. 
You say, brother, do you believe that literally? Well, is a pig's hind leg pork? If you say amen to that, well, friend, then I believe it literally. Do you think that God's going to have to look to some uh, atomic bomb in order to move his creation? You're kidding me, friend. No. And, friend, we find the stars are just coming down. We find in verse 14, don't you notice this? This is interesting. He says, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. The heavens are coming together. Right now you look up to the heaven, it's one big white heaven. On this day, it's being rolled back. Wow. But then all that is going on. The Bible says in verse, verse 14, and every mountain, every mountain, every mountain, Mount Everest, and any other mountain you are called tonight, Every mountain, according to the scripture, and, and, and island were moved out of their place tonight, meaning that all mountains were removed. In other words, tonight, a whole world's mountains were just flattened. And every island was out of its place. Wherever an island is, like Hawaii, no Hawaii. Nobody knows where it went. It's gone. Let me ask you something tonight. Is that power? That's power. That's time. I know it's Sunday night on the 25th of September. And you ought to let me go a little bit longer because tomorrow's the 26th. Amen? Amen. Thank you all. Number two, he measured man not only by his power, but he measured man by his presence. In verse 15, the Bible says, All man is represented there. And the kings of the earth, the big dogs, the great man, the top dogs, the rich man, the chief captains, the mighty man, and every bondman and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. All mankind is represented right there in that verse 15. There's not one class of man, lower, high, or medium, or the middle, that's not represented there. There's not a government that's not represented there. There's not a poor, there's not a rich, there's not a warrior, there's not a, all realms of life is all right there. He says every man, all men are represented, and verse 15 says, All men are running. They're hiding themselves into the mountains and the rocks of the mountains. There's no more mountains. The rocks of the mountains. They're running. They're running. Well, what happened to the big bad slayers? And what happened to the people who thought they were tough? The ones that would just say, Let's, stay, let's just slay them. They believe in the Word of God. Believe in Jesus' testimony that they hold. Really? Give me a break. Get rid of them. They're not worth. They have no value. Get them off the face of the earth. Now, we find the presence of Jesus. And now we find a little different uh, situation. We find that these big, bad people are scared. 
They are weak and they are cowards. You see, these people who said that God didn't exist. You know, these people here that said uh, that the Lamb of God didn't die. You know, those that said that Jesus didn't save. The table has turned. The times have changed. The troubles have began. And all men are now requesting in verse 16. And said to the mountains and rocks. Now what would make a man, a big burly man, a man that would be tough and a man that would be rough and a man that had authority and a man that had riches. A man that had all his ducks in a row and a man that was successful and prosperous and a man that was honorable or a man that was looked to. What would make a man look to a rock and to a mountain and say, fall on me? That's as dumb as me talking to the girl on my radio as I go down the road. Her name is Siri. Right? You talk to Siri. Hey, Siri, where's the closest restaurant? Hey, Siri, where am I? I asked Siri one day if she was saved. She said, I can't give that information today. All mankind is now requesting to the rocks and to the hills or the mountains to say, hear us. Hear us, mountain. Hear us, rock. Not to God, not to the Lamb, but to the rock and the mountain. Hear us. Have they get crazy? Have they lost their mind? Who would do such a thing? Well, they're scared. We find not only do they, all mankind requested to hear us, but to hide us. Man, hide us. Hide us in verse 16. But then not only to hide us, but to help us. Because, see, we don't want to see the face. We're not worried about the hand. We're not worried about the arm. We are worried about the face. We don't want to see the face of the Creator. We don't want to see the face of the Almighty. We don't want to see the face of the Lamb of God. Please, hear me, dear Rock. Hear me, and not only hear me, but hide me and help me because I'm about to see the face of the wrath of the Lamb. Huh? I wonder, do you want to be in the tribulation period? I don't. All mankind is now realizing, and I'm going to close with this, Brother Keith. I know you're concerned with that. All mankind is realizing that the Lamb is angry. The Bible says, from the wrath of the Lamb, not just from the Lamb, the wrath of the Lamb. Verse 17, and for the great day of His wrath is come. Who shall be able to stand? And so the Lamb is angry. The Lamb is angry because they rejected His church. He's not too kindly on that. You better watch what you say about the church. You better be careful on your wording 
and your attitude and your behavior and conduct and what you say at the table and in private about the church. He's re you reject the church and he's not, he's angry. He would not reject the church, but they rejected his spirit. They rejected the spirit of God. When the Spirit of God came and convicted him of sin and righteousness and the judgment, as the, sin of, as the Holy Ghost of God was persuading and convincing them to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, uh, they said no to the Spirit of God. And boy, he's angry about that. He's angry about them rejecting the church and the Spirit, but rejecting his word. God don't take too kindly to that, to reject his word. The Lamb is angry, but then the Lord is angry. Because the Lamb is the Lord. The, the Lord is angry because they rejected His gift. The gift of salvation. They rejected it. They rejected not only His gift, but they rejected His Son. His dear, darling Son. The only begotten Son. The Son of the dear Son of God. They said, no, crucify Him. Crucify Him. May his blood be upon us. He's angry. They rejected his son. They rejected his gift. They rejected his love. But God commended his love toward us. Thou while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And these people rejected his love. And then the lion is angry. And he rejects them. Who? Shall be able to stand. That word stand there be, is word justified and not condemned. And the question is, is during that period of tribulation period, who's going to be able to stand before the Lamb of God, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, and be justified and not condemned? Who? Nobody at that point. Amen. Serious, we don't have time tonight to go through Joel chapter 2, Malachi chapter 3, Isaiah 13, Zephaniah chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 2 Peter chapter 3. It will all show you of the day of the Lord how awful, how dreadful, how destructive, how horrible it will be. And we know tonight because the Word of God tells us. I pray tonight you don't miss the meeting. That's the rapture. And I pray tonight you don't end up in the tribulation period. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, and our eyes are closed. Tonight, fear God and be saved. Or fear God and be destroyed during the tribulation period. Thank you, Lord, for your truth tonight, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the age of grace. Thank you that Jesus loved the Gentiles. Now we know the tribulation period is for the Jew and for the city of Jerusalem. And they're going to have to face their sin. They're going to have to complete their transgression. We know that. But during that period of time, not only would Jews die as they believe in Jesus, but Gentiles as well. I pray tonight that you know for sure that if you die, You'd go to heaven. You sing, brother. You can't afford tonight to miss this.
You can't afford it. There's no return. Once the tribulation begins, it's on. It's onward. There's no backward. You can't jump out of the tribulation and say, give me another chance. There's no jumping out. We ought to be telling our families tonight. We ought to be telling our neighbors, our co-workers, our, our brothers and sisters, our children, our mom and daddies tonight. Jesus. Jesus, the Lamb of God. You can't stand against His wrath. You can't do it. You better come to know Christ before it's too late. Jesus is coming. Oh, my. It's going to be horrible before he gets here, though. He don't get here until chapter 19. There's a lot of chapters and a lot of happenings and events between chapter 6 and chapter 19. God, break our hearts for the lost. God, give us a burden for sinners. We know tonight that we won't be here during this period, but we do know that many of our loved ones might be. God, please help us. Help us to warn. Help us to tell them with love and compassion and with earnestness and soberness. Please, I beg you, church, hallowed be his name. Yes, amen. All right, well, tonight we're going to have a birthday fellowship if you're able to come and... Uh, be a part of that. We would appreciate that. We have a uh, a cake. Does it have calories in it? It's calorieless. So we're we're grateful for that. And uh, I don't know if it is or not. Amen. Y'all think it is? Huh? More than likely. Y'all y'all as crazy as I am. Amen. Brother Charles, it's good to see you tonight. You feeling better? You sh yeah, I'm not convinced with that. Are you feel well enough to end us in prayer? Okay. Where will you spend eternity?